Welcome back to Inside Fantasy Football. Today we are going to go over the news and notes coming out of the first weekend of the Combine. Uh, we've got some franchise tags that have been have landed on some uh, free agents. We have some talk about where some players might go. Uh, we also have some draft positioning talk and where we think a few players might go in the draft. We are at the very beginning of the offseason, but this is where it heats up from the combine leading into the draft. So uh, we went ahead and uh, started with a podcast today. We are going to possibly go weekly for the next few weeks leading up to the draft. Uh, there's quite a bit to talk about in the NFL at this point. There's players uh, that are wanting to be moved. Uh, there's players that are waiting to land somewhere in free agency. There are some players that are unhappy with their current situation. Uh, and we will try to go over as much as we can. Um, it is the offseason, so the back and forth has died down a lot, of, uh, a, you know, quite a bit. A lot of the people that I am interacting with have transferred over to fantasy baseball temporarily. Uh, so uh, I have streamlined some uh, ideas to talk uh, over the next few podcasts. A lot of breaking news. Uh, as it comes per week is kind of being going to be our angle going forward for the next few weeks. A lot of draft talk and free agent talk. That is really what is going on this time of year. Um, as we work into the summer, we will start going over what uh, as the team shape uh, their approach after the draft going into the season. We'll get a better idea of where teams are and where they're going after the draft so that will get us through the summer leading up to the nitty-gritty fantasy football draft season which starts late july uh today we're going to start off with uh one of my hometown moves i'll go ahead and get that out of the way so i can move on jadavion Clowney. uh he got the franchise tag from the houston texans which was expected to happen uh, that, uh, that will give them one more year to see what they want to do with Clowney. Uh, I don't think they will be able to afford him, um, but they still get him for one more year. Uh, and with his talent, that's always a good thing. I just don't know if the money he's wanting matches up with what he uh, puts out. And I love Jadavion Clowney, don't get me wrong. Great player. Great athleticism. Uh, I still think he was a very good draft pick that year. A lot of people were shocked by it. Um, he's really panned out the last couple years. It's just the numbers that I'm hearing thrown around, uh, it, they're pretty shocking. And I just don't know if, if the Texans will bite on anything like that. But who knows? We'll see what this year brings and go from there. Uh, so the Texans do get Clowney for another year. He will be paid an average of the top five outside linebackers in the game. Uh, we will move on to, let's go ahead and jump on the Antonio Brown talk uh, that is going to dominate most fantasy football podcasts for the next few weeks or really this offseason as a whole depending on when a move is made I'm assuming it's going to be at or after the draft anything with Antonio Brown as far as moving to another team will happen at that point uh, <clears throat> as far as possible landing spots for Antonio Brown uh, it's kind of up in the air um, but the three teams that are ahead of the game as of today, March 4th, uh, are the Broncos, the Cardinals, and the Raiders. And the interesting thing here is the Raiders uh, really have been, from the get-go, one of the teams uh, talked about. The Niners right across the bay, uh, they've been talked about as well. 
the Raiders seem to have more to play with, more to offer to get him because the Steelers are going to want to trade. The Cardinals, I don't know how much they have to offer. Uh, they may uh, work out something with Rosen uh, because it's looking like uh, this may bleed in, bleed over into something I wanted to get to after this. Uh, after all the talk, and you've heard me on my last podcast, um, I'm not I'm not a huge Kyler Murray guy. I think he might be a little bit overrated. Um but the last few weeks, it looks like everybody has changed their tune on this guy. He has climbed to the point where it's looking like the Cardinals are going to trade. Now, at this point, there's nothing's guaranteed. But it is sounding very much like the Cardinals are willing to trade Josh Rosen. Their number one pick from last year. It wasn't very impressive. He had some moments uh, last year. I don't think he's as dynamic as people expect Kyler Murray to be. So I think the Cardinals are going to be aggressive here. I think they're going to get Kyler Murray. That's what it's looking like. They're going to take the chance with Kyler Murray. Uh, Looks like their new coach uh, really likes Murray's game. Uh, He knew him from out of high school, tried to recruit him. So Kingsbury uh, might have some kind of rapport with Murray. That's what it looks like at this time. Uh, So Murray has a very, very good chance at this point. Nothing is set in stone to go first In the draft, the first player chosen, Kyler Murray. In that process, it looks like they are looking for a team, possibly a third-round pick is what they're hoping to get back for Rosen. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to bite on that, but that seems to be what the Cardinals are throwing out there is a first, I mean, I'm sorry, a third-rounder for Rosen, and they might package something together. We'll see. Um, It looks like if they're going to draft Kyler Murray, they're going to be desperate to move Rosen. They're going to find that one team that may be willing to give up that third for him. And they probably will. Rosen does have, uh, in the right situation, he's got some skills to be a good NFL quarterback. He had some rough moments last year, but he played on a really bad team. So it's really tough to get a, a, a definite feel for a rookie quarterback when they don't have much around them. I think that's going to be part of their selling point is, you know, they just didn't give him the right opportunity to uh, to show off his skill set. So I think he may get moved. And uh, I mean, I think they're desperate to the point of they're drafting Kyler Murray no matter what. They will make the Rosen thing happen. I think that is what it is starting to look like. And I'm still not huge on Kyler Murray, but, you know, with the rules today in the NFL, they keep quarterbacks upright and healthy. Even a little scat running back like him, I worry about him running and getting hurt. But if he does it the right way, where he doesn't take too many hits, a lot of sideline runs, get 5, 10, 7 here, go down when you're supposed to go down, be smart about it. Um, I worry about those little hands fumbling. I, I really do. They say he's got small hands, and that's my only... I, I have no issues with hand size other than fumbles. I worry about the guys with smaller hands when the ball is slick in the pocket, especially a guy on the move like Kyler Murray. Um Watch out for that front. I'm sure he'll work on that. He's a great athlete. Um, so that's the front with Kyler Murray. I mean, it, it, it's he's looking like he's going to be end up being the first pick. It's amazing. The it, it, kid doesn't have a huge a body of work in college. And I know that he's a two-way guy, great in baseball. He's a great athlete. I get all of that. He looked great during the season last year, put up some crazy numbers for Oklahoma. 
But, you know, he played one of those college system spread offenses. The numbers get inflated. There's not much of a pass rush. They get rid of the ball really quick. It reminds me of the old run and shoot with the Oilers. I mean, just five and outs, ten and cuts. He's not holding the ball much. Um, and then when he, any kind of pressure at all, he would just take off and use his athleticism. That does not always work in the NFL. You will get killed thinking that you can just run anytime you have any pressure at all. I know we're about to see Jackson and Baltimore give that a shot. Uh, you know, Mike Vick in the past, you know, Cunningham before him. Uh, it is possible, yes, to be a running quarterback and be successful, but you have to be smart about it. Even with the rules to protect the quarterback today, it's still uh, very likely if you feel like you're going to run quite often as a quarterback that eventually you're going to take that big hit or make that wrong cut. I mean, Garofalo, I know, is not a running quarterback, but I mean, he was just running to the sideline and tried to cut to make a move and look, the knee went out. So you think about these running quarterbacks, it just opens up a whole new... And I'm not telling him to change his game, but I just don't know if he's worth a number one overall pick. Um, but the Cardinals are in a bad spot right now. They're trying to, to, to not lose their way. They had a few good years there uh, when David Johnson first got drafted. The, things were looking pretty bright for this team. They still got Fitzgerald. And all of a sudden, it just bottomed out last year. They just they didn't uh, pick the right coach. They had the wrong staff. Uh, they had the wrong personnel for the approach the staff was taking. Uh, the way they used David Johnson wasn't very smart most of the season. There at the end of the season, they got it. Just get him the ball. Uh, and I think Kingsbury will open it up a little bit. If he gets Kyler Murray, maybe this will just really uh, uh, push him in a direction to really open up the offense and make the Cardinals fun to watch again. That would be a plus. I do have one of the best running backs in the game to play with with David Johnson. So uh, don't count the Cardinals out, especially if they get Murray. They might be an exciting brand of football to watch. Uh, coming from where they were last year, that could be a huge turnaround for that franchise. Antonio Brown, back to Antonio Brown. Uh, I, I think he's probably going to end up with the Raiders. And the only reason why I say that is I feel like they've got more to give the Steelers. Um, that's all I've got to go on at this point. I mean, we're talking about beginning of March in the off season. Uh, there's months to go, uh, you know, a good three or four months of negotiations that are possible here, if not longer. Uh, I don't think the Steelers, and they've said that a few times, they're not going to take just any offer. They're going to get exactly what they want for Brown. And whether you, I, nobody likes what Brown has done off the field lately. Nobody does. And I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on my emails lately. I get it. Nobody likes the guy. He's a diva. He's not the first diva to be a wide receiver in the NFL. But he's the latest diva. And it doesn't look good. Um, it looks like he put himself before the team at the end of last season. That never goes over well in the NFL. But I still think they're suitors, and I think the Raiders would be a good uh, fit for him. Uh, it's a franchise that could absorb somebody like him uh, as far as his diva qualities. Um, but at the end of the day, whether you like him or not, he's the best receiver in the game right now. I mean, he puts up really good numbers, and they said as far as work ethic, he is working hard at practice. He's not a guy that gives up when he's out on the field. He has his issues off the field. Uh, and I think Oakland could be a place that absorbs that. They've got Vegas coming in a year or two. 
that's you know going to be a showtime type factor there in Vegas. I mean, not a bad place to have a, a few splashy type players. Antonio Brown in Vegas kind of terrifies me, but uh, that's a, uh, if there was a team that was willing to take a risk on a player like Antonio Brown, it would be the Raiders. Uh, Broncos, of course, are aggressive with Elway. I don't count them out just because Elway is that type of guy. He is aggressive when he wants something. I don't know about the Flacco move. Uh, it may be somewhat of an upgrade from Keenum. Uh, but and I don't know how appealing that's going to be to Antonio Brown to have Joe Flacco possibly throwing you the ball. Uh, even though I know Flacco's got the good arm, he's got the Super Bowl, I understand all of that. I'm just not a huge Flacco guy. I don't think he, um, I just, I think he's kind of lost the edge that he had those first few years with Baltimore. He's never really been a guy that jumps off the page at me. Great arm, he's always had the great arm, can throw the ball a long way, he's got a good, you know, tight spiral, he's got a good arm. But that is it. A lot of the other qualities have either faded that he had, or maybe it was a bad fit. Maybe the Broncos let him open up a little bit. We'll see. There's not a ton of receiving core there. In that's the, one of the reasons why they're going after Antonio Brown. Cortland Sutton didn't pan out too well. Issues with Sanders. Uh, you know, are the, is this receiving core going to be good enough for Flacco to flourish? Uh, at this point, without Antonio Brown, I don't think so. They don't have the best chance in the world of getting Antonio Brown, but I'm sure at the draft they may to try to address this issue. If not, for sure, in some kind of free agency or trade. Um, Keenum may be on the trading block as well. That's really speculation at this point. I don't know what you would get for him, but you could get a decent, maybe a number two or three receiver for Keenum in some kind of trade. But we'll see. Maybe they're going to keep Keenum there because Flacco, you know, doesn't stay upright through most of the seasons now. Uh, going forward, I'm sure he's always going to be one of those older guys dealing with something. I um, mean, it wouldn't be bad to have Keenum as his backup. So the Broncos are still up in the air, but they are very much in the mix for Antonio Brown. The Cowboys today, another franchise tag move. Uh, they uh, tagged Demarcus Lawrence. Similar situation of the Texans with Clowney. Uh, they want to see if they can work something out long term with Lawrence. They want to give it another year to see if they can. Um, first, they'll get another year out of him. He'll be paid, you know, top five average or whatever that is uh, for the tag. So he's going to get paid for this one year very well, and it'll give the team a chance to see where they want to go. Uh, future-wise with Demarcus Lawrence and see if he can be, if he has another healthy, productive season, pretty sure he's going to sign with the Cowboys with a very lucrative contract. Uh, They wanted him to stay. This was probably the route. They didn't want to have to go, but obviously they couldn't work something out with him. Um, At this point, they're going to give it another year and pay him a ton of money for this one year. Uh, It makes sense from both sides. Lawrence will get his hands on some good money. He'll have another year to prove Uh, what he's worth, and I think he's the type of talent that should have no problem doing that. The Seahawks placed a franchise tag on Frank Clark, their defensive end, to help keep that defense scrappy like it was last year. Um, We're going to move on to uh, Larry Fitzgerald talking about uh, Antonio Brown um, not doing things the way he does. That's the thing with Antonio Brown. you got to understand, and this is something that's been talked about in baseball a lot lately, uh, is, you know, with Machado and all that stuff in baseball. In any sport, 
there's different types of leaders. And I truly believe that Antonio Brown is one of those guys that you you worry about him on the field. Don't take anything with him off the field. On the field, he is a leader. Uh, It's a little iffy what happened there at the end of the season with the Steelers. Um, But, you know, Antonio Brown is one of those guys that I feel uh, is a game changer. You've got to absorb what he's going to do off the field. Make sure you get him the ball. That's a lot of what he griped about in Pittsburgh. Get him the ball. Make sure he's happy. And anytime you want to, you know, a player of that caliber... Whatever team he goes to, that make him the focal point. He'll love that, and that's not going to be a problem with Antonio Brown with his type of talent. And the Steelers, I think they just had so much going on with Juju Smith-Schuster coming up. They just went through the Le'Veon Bell crisis. Uh, obviously, Ben and Antonio weren't getting along very well. That locker room was falling apart. It was easy for everybody to blame Antonio, and uh, Antonio did not help out his cause either. And it just kind of worked out that way. But any of these teams that are hesitant, that have a chance to possibly financially sign Antonio Brown, need to jump on that. At the end of the day, he will put tickets in the seats. He'll put people in the seats. Enjoy, you know, they will enjoy watching him play. He is a scoring wide receiver. Uh, Look at his stats the last seven, eight years. I mean, some of the best all time. That's how good his stats are. Uh, possibly a Hall of Famer if he, he can stay all out of the off-the-field crap. I, I really think he could be a first-ballot-type Hall of Famer guy. That's how good Antonio Brown is. So those three teams, Cards, Raiders, Broncos, whoever is in the mix for him, they need to be aggressive and try to get that guy in, work something out with Pittsburgh, because uh, this could be their chance to get one of those guys that immediately make your team a contender. I think he's one of those guys. He's in a position that scores a lot. He can make things happen. He can turn a franchise around in his spot. Um, doesn't give him the right to act like you know a butthead most of the time like he has recently, but he still is to me, the top pound-for-pound wide receiver in the game at this point. Uh, So, um, that's kind of where I'm at on the Antonio Brown thing. You know, he's one of those guys. He's just, he's he's a split personality guy. You love him on the field, you hate him off the field. There's just no other way around it. Um, And it's just one of those things in the NFL we've always had to deal with. There's divas that come rolling through, and they're usually guys, you can't be a bad player and a diva. So, a lot of these divas are going to be the top players in the league, and they just got to find that right situation, which Pittsburgh was for many years for Brown. They brought him into the to the league, and they nurtured him and got him to where he's at. And things just haven't worked out the last few years. And it uh, looks like Pittsburgh's ready to go in a new direction. With Juju Smith-Schuster stepping up, he's obviously the next lead receiver for that team once Antonio moves on. I think they're in decent hands. Um, not huge on the way the Le'Veon Bell thing went down. Um, there's a lot of talk about Bell right now, where he might be going. Um, it seems it's still up in the air. Nobody knows for sure, but I've heard the Texans thrown around, the Colts, the Jets. Those seem to be the top three. Uh, and KC, I've been hearing peripherally as well. I mean, the Chiefs, if they get Le'Veon Bell, I don't know what they would give up, but if they get Le'Veon Bell, Super Bowl bound. With Mahomes, Le'Veon Bell, and what they've got on the outside with Hill, whew, I mean, 
knock it out of the park. I mean, the Chiefs will definitely be the front runners for the Super Bowl if they can knock down Le'Veon Bell. I think he's also one of those players like Antonio Brown uh, that could be a game changer. Even People have even talked about possibly the Jets getting both Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that could just be people dreaming. Uh, that would immediately make the Jets a contender. Uh, but um, we'll see. Uh, that's it for the news and notes right now. We're going to do our next podcast is going to be all draft related. We're going to go over what we think the top uh, picks will be. We may even go over the whole first round. What we believe it might be depends on how much time we have. If not, we'll go over the top you know, 20 picks or so. Uh, what we think people are going to do, of course, after the draft actually happens, we are definitely going to do some podcasts breaking down the draft and what teams look like going forward. Uh, you can continue to email me um, throughout the offseason. I know uh, we've spread out the podcast. We are going to try to get more of a, a weekly to bi-weekly flow going here. We don't want it to be too random. Um, I have a lot of emails I haven't gotten to. I've uh, been focused on the fantasy baseball side. Uh, but I still uh, am very excited to get through this offseason and really uh, get the information out to you guys and my viewpoints on a lot of things. Um, so you can continue to get in touch with me at Todd's Fantasy Picks at gmail.com. You can email me anytime, any questions you have as far as fantasy or what you think is going on in the top news, anything draft related. I'm in the process of looking over the draft picks, watching the combine, kind of getting ready for the draft. Uh, This next podcast or two will be all draft related. We're going to start getting ready for what we think teams are going to get, the needs of each team, and all that good stuff will be coming up in the next few podcasts. So stay tuned. Look for us. Keep us on your uh, little list there on Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you got. Um, I will be dishing out some content throughout the offseason. Don't forget about us. And, of course, late July, it's going to be time to roll. I appreciate you guys. And on to the next podcast, hopefully early next week. We will start gearing up for the draft. Until then, I'm out.